Welcome to Glowcast. I am sitting here with Caitlin Ann Marie. She is an intuitive business coach for spiritual entrepreneurs looking to make a positive impact on the world, doing the work that they love. Welcome, Caitlin. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> Good. Um, we are sitting in my office and we have candles burning and I saged, so we're in a really good space. Um, so I've invited Caitlin to come and talk about some of the things that she's gone through in her life that I think um, people may have been experiencing or are experiencing and can kind of connect to. So um, Caitlin, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you've gone through, where you are today, um, anything you want to share? Yeah, so, um, you know, I think that we all have something that we go through in life, and it's the beauty of life is that we get handed things that we can learn and grow from, and I really believe that it's something that we have the opportunity to transform and make a positive impact with, and for me, that was experiencing multiple cancer scares at a young age and going from fear and worry about what life was going to be like or you know am I doing it right and all of those things that we experience as humans knowing that we are mortal <laughs> we don't live forever and transforming that to something that's empowering and inspires me to live the fullest expression of who I'm capable of being. So what was your first cancer scare like? How old were you? And tell us about how you were feeling and how that even came about. Yeah, so I have a family history of skin cancer, which is seemingly just like, okay, cool, skin cancer. And as a teenager, that's basically how I looked at it of, okay, that's great cool mom <laughs> thanks for the warning and um you know I didn't really think about it I was a teenager we don't really think about much when we're teenagers right. besides what is everyone doing and I hope I'm not missing out on the fun <laughs> yeah and I had a pretty rude awakening when I turned 18 and um one day looked at my back and saw that there were pretty drastic changes to one of the moles on my back and um Kendra's looking at me now. She knows I'm covered in freckles know, everywhere. I'm noticing. Like, yeah, she's got a lot of freckles. <laughs> a bajillion freckles. <laughs> but so I had noticed this one that changed. And something about it made me feel like I should do something. And so I told my mom. We went to the dermatologist. And they immediately tested it. They called back probably a week later and I was finishing my senior year of high school at this point and they said you need to come in for emergency surgery you have melanoma and melanoma is a more rare form of skin cancer and the thing that is not so fun about this one is that it's not just about your skin melanoma is something that has the ability to move rapidly from the skin to the bloodstream and of course the bloodstream connects to all areas of our body so melanoma can be extremely life-threatening so that was my first experience with it and then about every year since I've had at least one biopsy I mean when you heard those words melanoma at 18 did you really understand like or was there immediate google searching going on was google I'm not too sure. You look pretty young, so. 
I'm yes. going to assume Google was around, not when I was 18, but... <laughs> yeah, so this was 10 years ago, so Google was around, and, you know, of course, anybody out there who's had a health scare experience, don't Google. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, because it, it really does send you into fear. And so for me, it was very much, it spiraled me into victimhood. Being 18, seeing all my friends, I live on Long Island, so we're surrounded by beaches. Everyone's going to the beach, celebrating the end of their high school um, experience, getting ready for prom. So it very much was um, this opportunity for me to have myself a really big pity party mm. um when you said you had other people in your family that had had skin cancer is were they around to kind of guide you through that process or who did you lean on so my mom is definitely my biggest supporter and um was 110 percent my angel in this experience because you know being a kid and not understanding the severity of it she was the one who was like nope we are taking all the precautions. And she's also one of the people in my family who had had skin cancer. And she had had um, basal cell at this point. Um, I don't think she's had melanoma yet. And so it was really, she's also a nurse. So it was uh, an opportunity for her to be in her nurse mode, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which was great for me as a kid because it also meant that Um, She wasn't in the 110% worried mother freaking out mode. Um, But I could see that in her, and that's what scared me because my mom's one of those unshakable women. So it was beautiful to be able to lean on her, and and simultaneously it was that experience of, um, you know, I don't want anyone to worry about me. That's what I started telling myself. I don't want anyone to worry about me. I just want it to be over like I so I I hid from it Mm -hmm. and again it was like that victim mode rather than taking this opportunity and learning how to be an empowerment that's something that came years later okay so you're 18 they removed this off your body um and then you started getting regular checkups yeah so how what is the process of I've never I've had like small things removed off me but nothing ever came back abnormal what is that process like for you know those next couple years? So it's very much just um, you know watching the body and and being sure that nothing's changed. Which again, bajillion freckles all over my body. Right. <laughs> it's a lot to look for. Um, and yeah, it's it was you know I had biopsies here and there. I think maybe three or four years later they took a biopsy that came back positive for um, skin cancer. And that one was quickly removed. So the follow-up was um, they did the surgery. They cut down to the bone and just removed that much skin um, from my back. And then the follow-up was maybe a couple months later. They went back in and they, um, you know, they went back into the scar to see if there was any more cancer cells. And then thankfully there weren't. So they were able to just close it back up and just monitor it. Um, they did biopsy the scar a few times over the last 10 years, and I've probably had 20 biopsies um, all over my body, and that's mainly it. You know, a lot of it is, um, I think the big lesson was taking health into my own hands, because it meant, you know, before even going to the doctor, it was, 
could I recognize if something had changed or if something had felt wrong or not well in my body? Did you always start to, I mean, did that feeling of it's going to happen again or I would imagine like that constantly monitoring any small thing like, oh, maybe it's back. Is that something that kind of stuck with you? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, the thing is, I'm also like a very intuitive person, Mm -hmm. right? And um, so when I was a kid, I kind of, a teenager, really, I had this feeling that, yeah, of course, I'll get it. Like, it's in my family. Like, I'll probably get it when I'm 28. And I don't know why that number came to me. But it came to me and I held on to it Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And when I was diagnosed with melanoma at 18, I was like, what does 28 mean then? Right, right. So for a decade, I started to make it mean something and it went into my subconscious and it was a program I started to live from Mm -hmm. without recognizing it. And, you know, we all have something that's a root belief system that's going to make this ripple effect and affect the rest of our lives. And that was one for me that I started, you know, more recently really looking at it and doing more self-development around it because I turned 28 in May and in August my dermatologist um, I told him that I was having migraines and he said this could be a really big problem this could be a symptom that melanoma has spread to your brain which is you know for anyone who's familiar with melanoma is basically a death sentence because if melanoma is in your brain it means it went That's into your bloodstream right. and it went everywhere. Right. Yeah. But lucky me, I'm super intuitive and trust my intuition. So when he had said that, rather than, you know, and again, this is like a decade of learning, take your health into your own hands, be mindful of your thoughts, be mindful of how you treat your body. I had gotten into yoga probably eight years ago. I study Ayurveda and I study all kinds of holistic healing. And so when he said that my intuition screamed so loud that he was not right and that I'm fine so it gave me an opportunity to see it more so as what can I learn from this Mm -hmm. if if my intuition's true what can I learn from going through a cancer scare that would tell me I'm gonna die before I reach 30 so you go to the dermatologist he tells you okay these migraines might be a symptom of a very far gone melanoma what was the situation after that well the timing is impeccable (laughs) (laughs) well I mean you're 28 right Mm -hmm. and that's your self-fulfilling prophecy of I was going to get cancer at 28 and here you are I mean I'm sure that must have been like I don't, were you like, oh, wow. I mean, obviously your intuition says you don't, but there must've been a small part of you that also said, well, I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. So what happened after the initial visit? Mm. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely a good amount of me that was like, what if, Mm -hmm. what if there was only this much time to live? And I think that this is a question that In that moment, you know, in the fear of it, obviously I didn't want to be asking myself that, but in the grand perspective of life, 
100% that is the best question I could have asked. And for anybody, anyone who's listening, it's an opportunity to say, hmm, what if? Because tomorrow is not promised. It never has been. And anyone who told you you get tomorrow is saying it from something that they, they can't be sure of either. And so I've learned to really not live my life in a perspective of like, ah, maybe another time. I've always lived that way, you know, Mm -hmm. since this first experience. But having the opportunity to sit down and be like, what if I really only had six months to live? Like, what if this is really the self-fulfilling prophecy and he's right and I'm wrong? Even though my intuition was screaming like, no, he's wrong. He's still a doctor. He's still a medical professional. And he still has studied this for a very long time. And he's also the person who saved my life when I was 18. And so... Yeah, it brought me into a lot of um, opportunities to look at the duality of life. Right. What kind of work have you done since the second scare? So I guess it would also be appropriate to say that I got an MRI and I don't have cancer. Yes, let's say that. That's wonderful. (laughs) For anyone who's like on the edge of their seat, like, wait, (laughs) what the heck? Um, about a month ago, I found out that I am cleared and I'm healthy, actually super healthy. So that's really exciting. That's great. And, um, yeah, it, there was a lot of meditation as you'd said earlier, I have my own business. I do business coaching and that's something that I've been absolutely in love with doing. I have been running this business, you know, largely on my own. I have an assistant and so it was actually a moment where I had to look at my business and say, I'm going to slow down. I had been on like the up and up for so long, just growing, growing, growing. And it was beautiful. And it was this opportunity of like, all right, well, if I have six months to live, do I want to spend it working? Or, you know, if I don't have six months to live and I'm spending this current moment, this present moment in my body, in my mind, in my soul, feeling stressed and worried what's going to actually serve me Mm -hmm. so what did you decide Hmm. I took a break yeah yeah I did a lot of meditation I took days off I think I worked like two days a week three days a week you know and um and it felt really good because it was also like it wasn't feeding into the fear of oh I'm gonna die who cares like I may as well just buy a flight to Iceland and travel the world but it was like I I want to set myself up for my future mm-hmm. and I want to claim that future and so some of the other things that I did were you know and this probably seems so silly and probably I'm sure that there are people who are listening who are like why would you want to do that but I started working on budgeting and I started working on like setting goals for you know where I want to go on vacation next year and the year after that and where I want to buy a house and where I want to do this and da 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 and it was really eye-opening to be like I've been living a decade from a program of I'm not going to live past 30 Mm -hmm. and I based my relationships off of that I related to people in that way or didn't relate to people in that way I pushed people away and I called in success but I also realized that even in my business I had set up programs that were set up in a way where they were 
short term. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I got to get this huge transformation for them in three months because what if I'm not there? Wow. Wow. So now you're sort of taking a look at that and reprogramming. So what is the conversation in your head now? Mm. So I think that <laughs> my conversations are always strange. <laughs> sometimes they're in my head and sometimes they're out loud. <laughs> Do your cats, dogs, yeah. and I'm sure they hear it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but a lot of it is just, it's not always a very clear conversation. And I think that's what was really big because I have a certification as a life coach. I've been, I've infused that into the business coaching. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we think that that conversation is really clear, right? We think that the belief system is like, no, I can't do that because of this. Sometimes we don't realize that you're pushing somebody away because of this fear that is so deeply rooted from 10 years ago. Right. So a lot of the conversations are more so asking why. Mm-hmm. You know, why don't I want to go meet my friends? Why am I late? You know, why am I an hour late to this event? Because I'm afraid of deeply connecting with somebody and them having to lose me. Yeah. It's still there. Wow. And that's okay. You know, and I think the compassion is super important because I don't want to be perfect. Yeah. And I don't expect anybody else to be perfect. And I hope that anybody listening doesn't expect themselves to be perfect or you don't expect yourself to be perfect because that takes the glory out of life and the experience out of it, the transformation, the ability to be proud of yourself because you went from point A to point B. Hmm. Um, So I know you've, have you has going through what you went through changed um the way that obviously it's changed the way you run your business um but even like the what you offer to your clients now or the way that you coach them has it sort of shifted that at all yeah yeah you know the funny thing is that everybody's a mirror right there's a quote by yogi bhajan that's recognize the other person as you Mm. and when I was, it took me a while to get the MRI and get confirmed that I didn't have melanoma all throughout my body and dying. So it was something that, because I've had so many biopsies and I've, every time I've gone to a doctor in the last 10 years, no matter what doctor they were, they'd see my chart and be like, melanoma at 18, like that's not good. And, you know, so I've had this experience of being mindful of boundaries and conversations and what I allow into my conversations and how I connect with people because it would affect my mental well-being and my emotional well-being around the situation. So when this happened, I didn't tell my clients. I didn't tell a lot of the people I knew because mm-hmm. people that are in my life love me and I, I really deeply appreciate it. And I also know that it's a hard thing to carry. Yeah. And it's a hard thing to, you know, not everyone is trained professionally to have a conversation about life and death. <laughs> and there's, right, right. there's not a lot of moments like, oh, I'm on the phone with a friend and she's at the supermarket. Now I'm going to tell her, you know, like there's right. not a lot of... <laughs> just put down that cantaloupe. I just want to tell you something. <laughs> I just, just want to tell you about this really heavy experience yeah. I'm having. And that's okay. Like I've learned to be really okay with that. And so... That being said, I didn't tell a lot of people, but what I did realize was 
I then saw reflections of this experience in a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I will never forget this one conversation with a client where we were talking about, you know, I do business coaching and she's growing her business and she's been in this program with me for a bit. And she each week would be like, I actually didn't take action on that thing I said I would. I didn't take action on this thing. I didn't. And I was like, what is it that's really stopping you? Like, I want you to be so painfully honest that you would never say it to anybody else. And she goes, she's, she's around her 50s. And she goes, I'm afraid that when I start this business, it's going to be the end. And I was like, of your life? She goes, yeah. Hmm. I was like, that's really interesting. (laughs) You know, me being in this experience of like, well, I just built a business that had, you know, huge launches and I've helped tons of people and now I'm experiencing this fear myself. Yeah. So I actually wound up being able to tell her that Mm -hmm. and being like, well, from my perspective, sitting here asking myself, what if I only had a few months to live? Would I be happy that I only had one year of being in my business? Hell yes. Right. And I was like, think about it from this perspective. Say you get to the end, you look back and you never started the business or you never took the trip or you never told the person you love them or you never did this, you never did that. Right. Is that going to hurt more or less than if you did and you quote unquote failed or it didn't go exactly how you wanted it to? Yeah. I think the saddest thing is regret, certainly not failure. Every failure I've ever had has led to my next success. So it's always something I'm not too scared of. Um, what do you say to people who have uh, had a, a scare where they they might be dying? Um, you know, how do they get through it? Who do they lean on? Are there support groups? I know a lot of people um, look for like-minded people on the Internet Um, as bad as the internet can be, it can also be quite wonderful for reaching out and finding groups. Where do you suggest people go or what kind of methods should they take to sort of go down the road of discovery and learning from this experience? Yeah. You know, again, this is just from like personal experience. And, and like I said, I've had a lot of experiences of cancer scares or you know just having something that's really hard to carry on my own and I think that over the last 10 years having biopsies very regularly having all this stuff happen one of the big things that I've realized and I also do a lot of mindset work and manifestation and I understand the body and physical health and mental health and how they are tied together I believe that your mental health is the most important thing whatever you're going through Because there are so many people that could be terminally ill and they have really powerful mental health and the way they speak to themselves in their own minds is so beautiful Mm -hmm. that it brings light to their life and it brings healing to their body. And so I think number one is deciding how you want to feel, deciding how you want to experience it. Mm -hmm. Because that puts you in empowerment. That takes you out of victimhood of this is happening to me and into this is happening for me. Right. That's number one. And then from that perspective, you can start to take time to be by yourself and meditate on it and be present with, well, what's going to actually support me in being in that place? For me, this, you know, this time around this was a definitely a bit more of a learning experience than 
previous years and I actually there was a good amount of people that I didn't tell anything to and there was a good amount of people that I told and I didn't get answers that really helped me feel how I wanted to Mm -hmm. you know because um and it's nothing wrong with anybody because like I said there no one's gonna deal with an imperfect situation perfectly Mm -hmm. that's just the end of it but um you know there were a lot of opportunities where I would, would tell people and it would be maybe not the best environment maybe not the best timing maybe not the best um conversation for me to slip in hey might have brain cancer right now <laughs> and um uh, and some people would either you know kind of bypass it some people would tell a story about somebody else who found out they had this form of cancer and then this happened to them and that happened to them and it wasn't always su- the most supportive of how I wanted to feel and how I wanted to experience it. And one mm-hmm. of the big things that I recognized was that being conscious of the loving boundaries that you create is very important. And what I mean by that is the way you frame the conversation, don't be afraid to ask for what you need. Mm-hmm. When you say, hey, I want to share something with you, and I want to acknowledge that I want to share this with you because you are this person in my life, you know, you're the person that I see as a really grounded figure. You're the person that I see as a positive figure. You're the person who just makes me laugh. Like, I don't need to have a deep conversation with you, but you make me laugh and you make me happy. And not to put pressure on you, but I want to share this with you because I'm carrying something. Right. And I, by sharing it with you, I hope to feel XYZ. Mm-hmm. Now this gives that person more of that like educational background right before dropping this bomb on them yeah right they can prepare it's not shocking to them they also know what they need to do mm-hmm. right she wants me to make her laugh okay i'm going to take this information and make her laugh mm-hmm. interesting um you are someone who's very into yoga um mental health how how i mean i know a lot of people that go through these situations find themselves extremely depressed. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, do you recommend um, exercise, just me- physical health as well, trying to you know, get yourself as healthy as possible um, while you're going through this? If that's something that, I guess not everybody mm-hmm. finds that <laughs> yeah. meditative or helpful, but I mean. Yeah, you know, I think that it's unique to everybody. Um, so... Number one, I would say if you're going through something that's really challenging, speaking with a professional is really helpful. Sure. Being mindful of what that professional is capable of providing. Um, For me, I've been to regular talk therapy, Mm -hmm. and it kind of helped me stay in victim mode. But this time around, I was able to find a psychotherapist who's also a life coach, a Reiki master, and she focuses on law of attraction. Mm -hmm. And going to her... I'm an empowerment. Yes. So finding the right people, I guess, to work with you and surround yourself with. Yeah. Super important. Um, again, advocate for what you need. Right. Don't settle. And two, um, from the perspective, I study Ayurveda, which is the sister science of yoga. And from that perspective, um, when you're feeling depressed, you know, there's, there's kind of two ways to look at it. I mean, one, if your body is fatigued, 
it might not necessarily be that you're depressed, but just that you're freaking tired. Right. <laughs> you need a break. <laughs> I had plenty of times when I was like, oh my gosh, I just slept 10 hours right. <laughs> and I can't get to the gym because I'm just exhausted. And, you know, from other perspectives, it's like, oh, you're, you're sleeping, right. you're not this, you're, you know, like if I went on WebMD and looked it up, it'd be like, you're depressed. But I wasn't, I was just exhausted. My body needed recovery time. Right. But there were also times when, you know, I'm thinking about, hmm, what if I have three months to live? And depression actually was knocking at my door. And thus why I got mental health right. um, support. And in that case, yes, getting out of the house, getting into nature. You know, I think nature is like the thalassif no matter who you are. Like if you just go outside and you breathe you're going to feel a shift in your energy. Yeah. Um, it connects you back to the truth of who you are and it connects you to the world around you and how expansive that is rather than feeling contracted and small and heavy. Mm-hmm. Right? If we think about like the characteristics of depression, it's heaviness, it's dark, it's contracting. It's, right. It doesn't make you feel open and like the breezes in your hair. So how can you... Um, one of the rules in Ayurveda is how can you bring the opposite into your life? Mm. Opposites create balance. Like attracts like. Mm. So um, the other thing I always look at is like the going through this experience has made you better how. Now you X, Y, Z. What would that be? Mm. I feel like this is a long list and it keeps growing. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good thing. Yeah, yeah, I think um, it's made me a better sister, a better daughter, a better friend. It's made me a better coach. Um, You had asked earlier how it changed my business, and I just launched last week a six-month program that has, like, extended support and an alumni group, and I'm not coming from, like, a subconscious belief of, well, you're not going to live to 30, so just make sure you help them now because now's the only moment. And that's a beautiful way to look, but it's also limiting. Right. It's also kind of sad, and I, I hadn't realized that before. So being able to um, plan for a future and also be mindful of, you know, I'm always conscious of, like, how am I impacting the planet in this moment, but now it's also how am I impacting the planet with my long-term actions and thank you so much for sitting with me today yeah thank you so much for having me this was a great conversation oh good i thought so too (laughs) (laughs) all right thanks have a great day i just want to thank caitlin for coming and sitting with me today and sharing her inspiring story i know it takes a lot of courage to go back and feel those feelings and emotions again and I hope that whoever is going through a similar situation that you find this and it resonates with you. If you'd like to reach out to Caitlin, whether it be because you've gone through something similar and would like to connect with her, Or if you're looking to grow your soul aligned business, you can find her on all the social channels and I'll put her links in the Instagram bio link.